Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Right, what is going on, Laker fans? Uh, thank you very much for tuning in. Go till 8 o'clock tonight. Looking forward to uh, chat with my buddy Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation. Apparently I missed the whole crew. They were yelling for me and uh, my apologies there. Did not know... I was being uh, I was being called for there. Um, okay, we got a lot to get to on Lakers talk tonight. As always, you know it's interesting. Last time um, we did the show, we did the show last week. This was before uh, Braun broke the record because I, I did the show on a Monday. Obviously, we're doing it tonight on a Tuesday. Lakers had Portland yesterday, uh, so a lot a lot has happened in the course of just uh, one week and. It's always, um, you know, there's obviously always a lot of uh, interest around the Lakers, always a lot of interest in what's going on with the team and everything else that comes with it. Um, But what makes, what I think makes this timing of the Los Angeles Lakers right now is I genuinely have no idea where the Lakers are going. I'm talking about this team, obviously talking about trying to make the playoffs, trying to make the playing tournament, and Every time I start feeling positive about the Lakers, they give me reason to hesitate. They give me reason to – plenty of reason, by the way, to um, you know obviously uh, look back and, and they remind us that they are a below-average team every time we'd like to think that, no, 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 they're actually above average and look at the direction that they're moving in. So I, I'm going to spend some time on that. Are the Lakers a playoff team? I'll take some phone calls too. If you guys are out driving around listening on the ESPN app, you want to weigh in on anything, please feel free to, 877-710-ESPN. Um, but over the course of the last week, this is what's happened with the Lakers. Braun broke the record. He did it a week ago tonight against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, the next day is when we did our you know, full, uh, basically 11 hours of commercial-free radio. Uh, but Braun broke it a week ago. And it was kind of nice, to be honest, and, and I think there's probably a lot of people that felt that way as well. It's kind of nice to see Braun break it, See him break it um, in the purple and gold at Crypto.com. Kareem is there. And then it was also nice to turn the page and get ready for, you know, what's going to be the finale for the uh, trade deadline for the Lakers. Are they going to make any moves? Who are they going to go out there and get? Russ going to stay on the roster. Who else is going to go? So there was a lot of moving and shaking just on Tuesday of last week. Braun breaks the record. Then we get into Wednesday. And a lot of stuff start going down. We knew the Lakers had until noon on Thursday to figure some stuff out. Um, Russ obviously gone. Patrick Beverly gone. The Lakers uh, uh, want to add a couple of the other players. Juan Toscano Anderson, Damian Jones. Lakers added D'Angelo, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, uh, Mo Bamba. Um, You want to go back to the Rui trade. Got him a couple weeks ago. Devon Reed was another player that they added. And then the trade deadline ended. And now you kind of had a roster that you knew was going to be on the team the rest of the way. This is this, these are the guys that the Lakers are going to have to go make their push to try to get into uh, you know that playing tournament. Hopefully beyond that, you know you like what the roster looks like and you like some of the additions. And now it's better fit. The role players understand what their roles are, and you take it from there. Well, Bron hasn't played a game since that Thunder game, 
and the Lakers, you know, over the course of these last few games, add the Thunder game, uh, add the Pelicans game from last Saturday. We know that was a devastating loss as well. They are one and four over their last uh, over their last five games. Do I got that right? Yeah, one and four over their last five games. And then we got one game left before the All Star break, and that's coming up tomorrow. Um, I, I I'm gonna try to answer this the best way that I can. Are the Lakers a playoff team? Now, there's a couple ways of defining it. People say, all right, a playoff team is... I don't think the playing tournament is the playoffs because you're in a playing tournament to try to get into the playoffs and be the top eight. Um, Being one of the top eight seems like it's so far down the road, it's hard for me to comprehend. So let me simplify it even better. Are they just a playing tournament team? Are they just a playing tournament team? Let, let me let me break it down this way. So far this season, this is what's happened with the Lakers. So they haven't been a playoff team with, let's say, Braun around and eight, Anthony Davis gone. They haven't been a playoff team when Anthony Davis is around and Braun is gone. They haven't been a playoff team with both of them in the lineup. Um, they haven't been a playoff team when there's injuries to their role players. They haven't been a playoff team where there was no injuries to their role players. Uh, with Russ, they were not a playoff team. Not sure yet, you know, without him, because this just kind of all has gone down over the last, in this uh, really brief period of time, this has all gone down. Um, I guess the only question left, because what the Lakers have told us so far all this season is they're not a playing team, let alone a playoff team, that when you're six games below 500 in the Western Conference, they're trying to tell us something. And I, I, I know I'm not listening. I'm like, well, no, I think they're gonna. They're only two games back, two and a half games back. And I've been playing this this game for the past two months, where you say, all right, well, they still got a lot of time left. There's only 24 games left tomorrow. After tomorrow's game, the Lakers are done until what's that date? February 23rd. Um, and then they just have a ton of games after that from the 26th to, you know, April, I want to say 9th, they're fitting in 22 games or something like that. So it's going to be crazy how many games are going to be crammed in and actually go look at the teams that they're playing. They're all teams that are in front of the Lakers. Um, I guess any team you play in the Western Conference is in front of the Lakers unless you're Houston or San Antonio. I guess the only question left is after the trade deadline, can this team be a playoff team? Can they be a play-in tournament team? They added D'Angelo, I, I, I mentioned, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, Mo Bamba, Devon Reed. I, I like the moves, to be honest. I prefer, I much prefer this roster over the roster from a week ago. I much prefer a team that I, I got. I already saw the Ross experiment. I saw it. I saw plenty of it. I saw it for a year and a half, and. That, that was clear indication that that's not a playoff team, that, that that trio was not working. I don't care if they played 20 games together or they played 100 games together. I think we pretty much knew what the result was going to be when LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook were playing together. It just didn't work. And the Lakers obviously finally addressed it during the trade deadline. Um, the question now becomes that do the additions that the Lakers have made – does that make the Lakers a playoff team? The one consistent all season long I could tell you is this. They are not in that playoff picture. That's the one. Con- they started out the season, remember, 2-10. and ten. 
they were a team right out the gate where um, through the first 12 games of the season, you're like, what the heck is this? And then, they, you know, they built themselves back and they got to where they were at least hovering close to 500. But here they are now sitting, again, six games below 500. We're not far off from the eight games below 500, the way the Lakers started the season out. Uh, and the teams in front of them, I, I'll tell you this much. This part, there's some teams in front of them where it's really discouraging, and then there's other teams in front of them where you know you say to yourself, okay, I, I, is this team going to get better or are they going to fall back? I think the Golden State Warriors are going to be in the mix, period. And eventually Steph Curry will come back, and the Warriors will do what the Warriors do. I'm not telling you they're going to go compete for a championship, but that's a good team. I think everybody would agree with that, that, the, uh, that, that they will be in the mix. I think the Clippers... They'll be in the mix. I can't tell you what the Clippers are today, but I can tell you that they got a ton of talent and they got a really good roster. Whether that equates to a championship run or not, I don't know, but I think they're going to be, you know, obviously in that mix. Dallas, Phoenix, Sacramento, Memphis, Denver, wipe all those teams out of the way. They're all going to be in the mix. I mean, that I think that part's clear. So what the Lakers now are really fighting against is they're fighting against teams that either will be happy to make the playoffs and that is their season or they'll be fighting against teams that were not even supposed to be in the picture from the from the gate. You know, right out the gate, they weren't supposed to be a part of the mix. Those teams are the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Utah Jazz. I don't think anybody thought those teams were going to be in front of the Lakers in the NBA standings, but they are. And they've been in front of the Lakers, it feels like, for the most part this season. Maybe the Thunder have fallen back and then they've climbed up, whatever the case is. But there's a... Pretty much a three-game cushion between the Lakers in the loss column and all these other teams in front of them. And some of these teams, and I don't know all the details of this, but some of these teams will have tiebreakers on the Lakers. I know the Blazers have already beat the Lakers twice. Um, I know the Thunder have won uh, you know, a game against – I know Utah's won, but I, I don't know the exact details. As you get closer to the end of the season, we pay a little bit more attention to that. But there are definitely some teams out there that have beat the Lakers. So um, I, I think this team is telling us – that they're not a playoff team, and 26-32 and 32 will remind us of that as well, and 24 games left does not give the Lakers all that much opportunity to, you know, obviously uh, uh, kind of work their way up. Now, it doesn't mean it's over. It just means that unless they start playing really good basketball the rest of the way, they probably don't make the playoffs. And the chances of them making the playing tournament, you're going to depend on other teams to lose, but... I don't think they could play 500 the rest of the way, which they've been six games below 500 this season, and actually make the postseason. So I'll take some of your guys' phone calls when we come back if you want to give your thought on that. Um, what do you make of where the Lakers are sitting today? And they did make a lot of moves, and I think a lot of people are positive about the moves that they made. The question is just going to be, is that going to be enough to get them in that playing tournament? 877-710-ESPN. Uh, stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. 
your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. All right, always uh, great opens with uh, Mario Ruiz right there. Uh, thank you. Quick shout out to Hogue there. Appreciate their partnership here on Lakers Talk. Um, so I, I threw out the question of, are the Lakers a playoff team? Can they make the playing tournament? I'm, I'm going to read off a couple of tweets here, and then I'm going to take some phone calls on this. And I got some stuff on Anthony Davis who, uh, just simply put, is just not holding his weight. I don't know what else you want me to tell you. He's not. Anthony Davis is supposed to be a franchise player, and LeBron James was keeping the Lakers above 500 or at 500. Let's just say at 500 without Anthony Davis at age 38 with all the miles and minutes that he's logged together, then he misses a couple games and the Lakers just go in a free fall. For, and, and that's with Anthony Davis on the floor. I'm going to get to that in just a second. All right. Um, annoy you later on Twitter. That's not a bad handle right there. And I'm asking the question about the Lakers getting to the playoffs. It's going to be so hard to make the playoffs. They need to win like 18 of their last 24 games. And LeBron is not 100% right now. They definitely got some challenges in front of them. Um, uh, I I think, you know, there's a lot of coaching stuff on there as well. A lot of tweets. Some of them are on Darvin Ham. So there's a number of different things that people are pointing at here real quick. Um, For me, I, I think the biggest question mark is, and it is a little bit different because the trade deadline just happened. If the Lakers made no moves at the trade deadline, the roster was the exact same. I would tell you 100%, they're not making the playoffs. It's the same team. Now the difference is, okay, well, you just went through a trade deadline where you got five new guys on the roster. You let X amount of players go. Russ is no longer on the team. Pat Bev is no longer on the team. So I don't think we could definitively sit here tonight and say, oh, well, they got no shot. I actually don't know what these other players are going to bring to the table is a lot of it's going to have to do with Braun on the floor. Is he not on the floor? So there are some, you know, obviously some different factors here. Let's take a quick call here. Let's go to Daniel in Santa Monica. What's going on, Daniel? Hey, good evening, Slee. Thanks for taking my call. Got it. Um, you know, you're asking Laker Nation about the playoffs. You know, I, you know, I want to say yes. You know, I'm dying to say yes. You know, and they tease us so much. We, you know, in, in gold, that Golden State game, I was thinking, man, okay, maybe we can kind of bottle I'm this with up. You. I'm with and, you. And and maybe go on, like, maybe not a run, but you know what I mean? Like, just put a couple together or something. And I was so excited for Portland, and it was like, man, this is just this is just crazy. And so I just, you know, I was talking to my guys, and I was just like, man, what what is it? You know, it's different personnel, so we can't say it's all a bunch of guards, right? We should be able to get to those three-point shooters. So what is it really? And, you know, I know the NBA, you know, being an NBA coach is probably – is like one of the hardest jobs in the world. So, you know, definitely respecting Darvin Ham. But I got to think that there's like a lack of defensive, which is weird because he's a defensive coach, right? But there's got to be like a lack of scheme or buy-in or something because it just doesn't really add up. And my last thing that I wanted to say is just we got to just move on. I, mean, I love Anthony Davis. He brought, he helped bring a chip. He was the most impactful player in that championship run. 
when he hit that shot in the bubble, man, I went running all over the place, you know, so I, I, I love him for that. But I just think that it's time, and he's proven that he's not the franchise player that we all really, really think he could be. But I think it's time to move on from that. Maybe the offseason, who knows. But, hey, man, I, I really hope we can make a playoff run. Maybe this is irrelevant in a month, and we went on a great run, which I'm hoping for. But it, it, something's not adding up, and I got to think, I guess I got to think it's about Darvin and maybe a lack of scheme or buy-in. Um, Daniel, I appreciate you calling in. So I, I let me go. Actually, I think the AD point is where I want to kind of turn to this anyway. So, um, so the Anthony Davis piece of it, I, I kind of find I find it very interesting. I mean, let, let's let's look at the last couple seasons for the Lakers. They win the NBA championship. The following year, Anthony Davis is not healthy against the Phoenix Suns, and it's that's it. It's a wrap. The season's over. By the way, that's not that much different than. Any of these other, you know, teams that have a star player or they have two star players, you lose one of them, you're not going anywhere. That's just that's that's how it goes. Um, then the Lakers don't make the playoffs last year, and you know we know Anthony Davis plays about fifty percent of the game, somewhere around there, give or take. And then this season, uh, he missed a good chunk. First off, the Lakers started out really bad. Then he went on this unbelievable tear where it felt like he was giving you thirty-five and sixteen every night, just dominating the league and. The conversations just started switching, and it was, man, look at AD. Maybe this guy's back. Maybe this is the AD that you're going to get. Uh, gets injured, what was it, December 16th, I think, against uh, the Joker, against the Denver Nuggets, and then he's out again for five and a half weeks or so. I'm I'm less on – I have a difficult time talking about the injury stuff because – now I have to talk about somebody else's pain tolerance and what's going on with their body. I can't do that. All I can that's not fair for me to do that. But it's what I can do is tell you that all right, Anthony Davis misses a lot of time. We all know that. But AD's back now. So I I, I want to actually talk a little bit about since Anthony Davis has come back. Um LeBron has 100% carried the Lakers this season. Kept them, around, kept them around 500, I think I mentioned, when Anthony Davis was at, uh, when a- Anthony Davis was out. Here is AD in these last handful of games without LeBron James. Okay, I- I'm going to include one game just because I think it's important to talk about it, and this is part of the Lakers losing you know, a good stretch of these games here. The Thunder game where Bron broke the record, the Lakers lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Braun was basically done after he put up those 38 points. And it wasn't Anthony Davis that took over that game and said, all right, guys, got that out of the way. Let's freaking go to work here. No, AD had 13 points. He had eight rebounds. He was six of nine from the field. Anthony Davis took nine shots in that game. All right, I get it. It was Braun. He was breaking the record. Even though in the fourth quarter, it was basically who who wants to take over here because LeBron James probably shot all his bullets there in those first three quarters. Versus the Bucks, he had 23 points and 16 rebounds. He was 9 of 22 from the field. Giannis had 38 and some change or whatever the case is. All right, if I want to make another excuse, I would say that was right after the trade deadline. You were suiting up basically eight guys, nine guys, whoever they had. A couple G-leaguers came up as well. Versus the Warriors, 13 points, 16 rebounds. He was 5 of 19 from the field. All right, let's do it again. Let's come up with an excuse. Lakers won the game. 
all right, if they won the game, I to be honest with you, I don't need to look at Anthony Davis specifically and say, I need more from Anthony Davis. Did you win the game or did you not? AD had some comments in the post game where he said that I don't care what did we win the game or did we not? I don't care what my stats are. And I would listen, I like that. I like that from a player like Anthony Davis as long as we got the win. He doesn't want 35 and 15 and they lose by 12. He wants a W and that's the most important thing to him. Yesterday they played the Blazers and he had 19 points. Now listen, he had 20 boards. Um, Anthony Davis, it feels like, has such, you know, obviously a knack for the game, and he's going to get the rebounds. He's going to get the block shots. He was 8 of 18 from the field. Lakers got blown out by the Blazers. They were down 19, 20, whatever it was by halftime. Dame dropped 30 in the first half. Blazers were running around as if the Lakers weren't even there. They, they gave up another 127 points. The reason why I set it up that way is because in none of these games do you feel like Anthony Davis is not just taking over or uh, forget taking over for a second. Is he the best player on the floor when LeBron James is not there? And the answer is no. So if they're – what have they gone over their last five games, they're one and four. The hope is that AD can at least keep the Lakers around 500 with LeBron out, and I already know that answer if I'm, pre- if I'm presenting it as a question. No, he can't. Absolutely cannot. Bron at age 38 with the minutes, the mileage, the this, that. He can keep the Lakers at 500. Anthony Davis, that that has not been the case. So they're going to basically have to continue and depend on Bron to carry the crew in year 20. And LeBron, probably the reason why he's having his foot issues or they're describing it as an ankle, and I know it's questionable for tomorrow as well, against uh, the Pelicans as we close out the – you can call it right before the break. Ain't the first half of the season. You call it almost three-fourths of the season. The reason why, um, uh, you know, LeBron is probably having some of these issues is because he had to put in all those minutes. He had to play 36 minutes a night and then go into overtime and give you another five, seven. There's times I'm looking at the box score in the postgame. Like, I'm, I'm looking I'm, – my ankle hurts when I'm reading that Bron had played another 43 minutes. So – um, I think there's so many factors that come into it, but I think ultimately for me, I look at Anthony Davis, and it just I think there's a simple way to put it. He's not holding his weight, period. There's just that's, that's, that's the best way I can simplify it. He's not holding his weight on a consistent basis with the Lakers, and my confidence level in Lakers winning without LeBron James, I, I think the Lakers can win games without, without AD, I think they got no shot in most of these games without LeBron James. I hope I'm wrong in the final 24 games. I hope Bron is playing over the final 24 games, but I don't have that answer. Uh, Humberto in Encino. What's going on, man? Thank you for calling in. Hi, Slee. Can you hear me? Yep, I got you, bud. Uh, cool. So, I guess, I first of all, I agree with every, everything you said. I don't see the Lakers being a playoff team at the moment. They haven't really proven that, let alone a um, play-in team for that matter. I I was just curious on your take regarding the personnel we kind of just moved. Do we consider this like a one-in-one scenario? You know, it took us, you know, a while to warm up at the beginning of the season starting two and ten, but now with this new personnel, do we we say we're one-in-one and we move forward? Not to say we're not trying to make the playoffs as, as our team goes, but I'm just curious to know that this squad kind of needs to learn how to kind of work together. And, again, 
to your point. I'm going to jump in. I'm going to jump in. For sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to jump in. You're not wrong. You're really not. So when you say they're one and one, I know what you're talking about. That's why I was talking about earlier. I was make I was trying to make the point. Well, so far this year, the one consistent all season has been all the different factors. They're not a playoff team. The one factor we don't know is if these new guys that they brought in, if they're a play-in team or a playoff team because of the trades that they made. You can't. I, I don't have a two-game sample size to say. Yep, that's the team. No, that's not the team. Plus, Braun didn't play in both of those games. That Portland game yesterday was really disappointing. Really, really disappointing. There was a caller earlier, maybe David from Santa Monica, saying that after the Lakers beat the Warriors, kind of said to yourself for a quick second, all right, it's a good win on the road. Now you got a Blazers team that's hovering around 500. Jeremy Grant is out. Yusuf Nurkic is out. They're missing a couple of their key players as well. Let's go grab a freaking W in Portland. And before you know it, halftime, it's a blowout already. And it just, we've said this so many times this year, take one, take two steps forward, you end up with two steps back. All right, uh, one of the best in our uh, industry, Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation. He's coming up next. Looking forward to having him on. We'll, uh, we'll have some of these uh, topics in this conversation with him as well. Stay right here. Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. I don't want to welcome in a good buddy of mine, Trevor Lane, covers the Los Angeles Lakers for Lakers Nation, also does the front office show on YouTube, uh, does a great job. Trev, what's going on? Thank you for joining the show. Hey, Alan. Thanks for having me. How are, uh, how's everything going with you? It's been uh, a rough last 24 hours for the Lakers, huh? Well, a little calmer of a – this week I feel like we're going to have uh, – I feel like the sea has calmed a little bit last week. What, what was going on last week? I couldn't – every time I got up to do anything, something was happening in the NBA. I feel like I got a breath, uh, breath of fresh air over the weekend. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a busy time last week for sure, but it was a fun time too. Yeah. Seeing all those moves go down, it was – it was a blast, and now we get to see, you know, kind of how it all plays out. Hopefully we get more nights like the uh, the game against the Warriors and less like the Blazers. Well, let, let me start off with this because I spent some time, you know, doing this, that if there's one consistent the Lakers have shown us all year long, now there's some different factors that we have to equate here over the last couple of, uh, you know, obviously since the trade deadline. But the one consistent that the Lakers have told us, now it's just up to us if we want to listen or not, is – hey, we're not a playoff team, and we're lucky if we make the play-in tournament, and they are six games below five hundred. and whether 
Bronze in, bronze out. AD's in, AD's out. Role players are injured. Role players are in there. Um, they just they they take a couple steps forward. They take a couple steps back. That's been the consistent, at least from me, all season long. Now it's not fair to kind of assess this team after the trade deadline because Braun has not been there, and you obviously have a number of different players that the Lakers are 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 trying to work in. Um, Trev, when the dust settles, are, are the Lakers going to make this playing tournament, and will they be able to uh, solidify a spot as one of that top eight? If I had to kind of get your prediction today with 24 games left, how would you answer that question? Yeah, I mean, health, health willing, I still think they're going to, but the clock is ticking. You're running out of time, and like you said, you, you can't do this, you know, one step forward, one step back, two steps forward, two steps back, whatever thing anymore. You can't continue to play. 500 basketball it's not good enough you're still trying to make up for that two and ten start they're still trying to dig out of that hole if you erase that the lakers are right in the middle of the the playoff mix right now in the western conference they're just fine but the problem was that two and ten start they've just never been able to get that that anchor off of them and, and be able to actually jump into playoff positioning and the only way you do it is you've got to reel off a string of wins you've got to reel off five six wins in a row and then next thing you know, then, okay, you're, you're in the middle of things again and, and you're off and running. But if they continue playing this way, and hopefully that's not what's going to happen with all these new players coming in, but if they continue just, you know, you, you win a game, lose a game, that's not going to do anything to make up ground, not in the Western Conference. So that's the challenge. I do think that ultimately they're going to get it done, but, man, 24 games left. They, they didn't give themselves a lot of time to make it happen. It. it- you know, Trev, I, I think one of the things that stands out to me most, and I, I, actually it's a perfect example, the last two the last two games are perfect, where you get kind of excited for the Lakers against the Warriors, and then the Blazers bring you back down to earth. And we're talking the Blazers here, and we're not talking Memphis or uh, Boston or, you know, one of the elite teams. I just use that as an example. Um, is are, are the moves they made, do you think, addresses a lot of those needs that they had? I mean, what... What would you say is missing with this team right now? Because every time, and last night is a good example of it as well, the Blazers didn't have Jeremy Grant. Yusuf Nurkic didn't play as well. It seemed like an even fight. I know how important Braun is, but Anthony Davis is there. You got some of these other role players. Um, Damian Lillard was the best player on the floor yesterday. I don't think there's any question about that. Does it seem like that the, the players that they brought in will eventually fit right in and how much of that is going to also be based on, well, LeBron's got to be back first before we have any idea what this team looks like. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of that, right? Like we don't know what they're going to look like with LeBron James, but on paper, yeah, these guys all fit much better than what the Lakers had previously. They have more depth than what they had previously, certainly. So uh, the question is, what do they look like with LeBron in there? But as far as what are they missing, I mean, you could say, well, they, they could have used a, a really good 3-and-D style wing defender. You could have you could have gone after that. And from what I've heard, they did try to target that, but weren't able to find a player of that skill set before the uh, the trade deadline came up. They wound up trading for, for Mo Bamba instead. But um, that was really difficult to get. I mean, you saw what the price tag was for some guys. I mean, Jay Crowder went for five second-round picks. It's tough to get a deal done for a three and D wing uh, with that kind of being the the environment. So, um, so I, I don't blame them necessarily for missing that. But the other piece that they're missing here, I think you can get by with the wings that you've got with Lonnie Walker and Rui Hachimura, and of course AD can play a bit on the wing. LeBron, 
absolutely. Troy Brown Jr., Austin Reeves can slide down there a little bit. I think you can get by with those guys. The other thing that they're missing, it's an MVP-level Anthony Davis, right? I mean, this, this team was built in order to have at least two players who were just of that tip-top superstar caliber. And that's what you've got to have. And LeBron has been playing at that level most recently, but hasn't been available for enough games recently. Anthony Davis was hurt for a while. Now he's come back, and in the whatever it is, eight or so games since he came back, he hasn't been that MVP caliber player that we saw before the injury. So that's the other thing that's that's missing here, and that would make everything come together much easier is if you're, if you're getting that level of play for Anthony Davis. So really that's, that's the thing that you're missing that you look at the roster and you say, well, hopefully sooner rather than later that reappears for the Lakers. Trevor Lane uh, taking some time here to join us here on Lakers talk covers the Lakers for Lakers nation uh, does a fantastic job. Trev, um, what, what, what is missing from Anthony Davis right now? What, what do you think? Cause I, listen, I agree with you. I was just making the case here that, Braun can keep the Lakers at 500 at age 38 without Anthony Davis. AD can't do the same thing without LeBron James. What what do you notice um, of what is missing right now with Anthony Davis? And and oh by the way, is this just do we keep hoping that we're going to get something from two and a half years ago? And remember, two and a half years ago, it was a it was a it, it was a different circumstance. The league stopped for four months. Uh, then you're playing in an Orlando, but they had some stuff that lined up. And I'm not, I don't want to take anything away, but there was some stuff that was beneficial for, um, I think that worked in the Lakers' advantage, worked to AD's advantage, and Braun as well, by the way. Um, are You think those days of thinking we're going to get an Anthony Davis on a consistent basis, this is what he's going to look for, is that just, is, is that unfair to make that, do you still have confidence in that, I guess is the best way to put it. I mean, if, if we hadn't seen it this season, I would say no, right? Because it would, it would have been so long, but we saw it. I mean, he was playing at, at one point this season, he was playing at a level where the legitimate discussion, this isn't crazy stuff, was is he playing better than he played in the bubble when they won the championship? And I, and I think you could make that argument that he was. So the fact that we've seen this within, within just a few months, you know he can get to that level again. And I think that what's going on right now is we're seeing – uh, a lack of explosiveness, a lack of lift from Anthony Davis that's causing a lot of, you know, kind of turnaround, fade-away jumpers rather than earlier in the season he was attacking the basket and put a, putting a ton of pressure on the rim. We're not seeing that out of him right now, even when there's more spacing on the floor than there used to be uh, with the, the new players that are in, in the fold here. So I think the question becomes, can he physically get back to where the Lakers need him to be and perhaps mentally as well to the, where he, to the point where he trusts his foot and everything? to push off the way he needs to, uh, can he get back to that? Hopefully the all-star break gives, an opp- gives him a little bit more of an opportunity. Because remember, I mean, a, a foot injury, he was out for, what was it, six weeks? Something, something like yeah, that. Yeah, five and a half weeks. You're, you're not, yeah, you're, you're not running on that, right? You're not out running. You're not jogging. You're not doing any of the cardio or anything. You can't do much in terms of, of maintaining that explosiveness. So I think that's, that's a real issue here. And part of what's going on and people want to question Anthony Davis's mentality and all that kind of stuff. And that's all part of the, the equation, but I just think physically he's not a hundred percent doesn't look like himself. And that's a big part of why we're seeing this version of Anthony Davis when the Lakers so badly need him to be the version that we saw pre-injury. Trev Braun has missed um, three games in a row, basically since he broke that scoring record of Kareem, 
Um, he's really kind of been a, a non-fat. He could, couldn't really go fourth quarter against Oklahoma City Thunder. Wasn't uh, all that impactful. Had the 36 through the three quarters. I think he had two points in the fourth quarter, something along those lines. Questionable for tomorrow. Um, as you kind of go through this stretch here, what what I know it's tough to try to predict this, but what's your level of concern that Braun has carried the Lakers up to this point and they're still six games below 500? And now LeBron's missing some time. There's no, you know, obviously guarantee or lock that Braun's going to be there on a night in, night out basis. Yeah, I mean, that was, this has been, this was the concern that we had a few months ago when, when AD or, or six weeks ago, when Anthony Davis went down and LeBron really pushed down on the gas pedal and he was putting up, you know, 36, 37, 40 every single night. He was just, he was putting the team on his back and doing everything he could. You know, we, I believe you and I talked about this that we, We've seen this before. We saw this in, in what was that, 2012 with, with Kobe. Um, the team was not playing well, and he put everybody on his back, and that was with Dwight Howard and Powell and Steve Nash perpetually injured and, and all of that. And Kobe took the burden on himself, and we know how that ended. That ended with a, uh, with a terrible injury. So the concern was, you know, LeBron is either going to put himself at a higher risk for injury or he's going to burn himself out midway through the season because he had to spend so much energy just to try to keep the team afloat. And the concern's got to be that that's you know maybe where we're maybe where we're at here. If the team is not able to win some of these games, look at the next stretch of games going to be really important. If they're not able to get some wins at some point, the the conversation is going to become: Does LeBron continue playing this season? Right? If they get to the point where they're just they mathematically don't have much of a shot to get in. Um, he may wind up fully backing off. But right now, I think they need him out there. They need everything they've got to try to make a push here in the next 10 games or so because if they're not able to get wins uh, and they're down to, say, 15, 14 games left, something like that, and they're still so far out of, of the play-in mix, uh, then you got to start thinking about, well, do we just kick the can down the road, rest him, and then look ahead to next year? So this next, next stretch of games is going to be incredibly important, I think, for how much – LeBron we see from here on out. Well, it's interesting, too, because you say that. And I, I guess I hadn't really looked too far down the road of the schedule. I feel like my stopping point was the All-Star break, and I never I haven't really paid too much attention after that. So they got Pelicans tomorrow. They'll be the final one before the break. So many of these teams they got coming up are literally, and I know we've already seen it this month where they got teams that they're playing in front of them in the West, but you got the Warriors after that at Dallas, at Memphis, at OKC. Minnesota, another team in the mix here. And then Warriors again, Memphis again. I mean, literally every game that you're talking about, you still got to go at New Orleans. You got uh, Dallas. You got Phoenix. You got OKC. You got so many of these Western Conference teams that it could go one of two ways. Either you really start making an imprint on you know the teams in front of you or they really make an imprint on the rest of your schedule and, and they put you out of reach of – of these teams in front of them, uh, who do you think's going to uh, the toughest to move in front of? So the Jazz are sitting at 10th, the Blazers are at 11th, the Thunder at 12th, Lakers are sitting in that 13th spot. I think all the teams in front, I, I mean, maybe the Pelicans now that Zion's going to be out for a little bit longer, but they seem the Lakers seem to have helped them kind of get a little bit back on track. Um, but of the Jazz, the Blazers, and the Thunder, who do you think um, most likely – uh, will be the toughest threat for the Lakers to get in that number 10 slot. 
I think it's the Blazers, which makes it all the more damaging that you that you drop that game. And yeah, again, part of that was the Blazers were just ridiculous with their their shot making. I mean, beyond dreaming in terms of some of the shots that, that they were hitting. But I mean, credit them; they, they knocked them down. But um, just unfortunate that it happened in in that particular game that they happened to just be lights out all game. Um, so I think it's the Blazers, though. I think the Jazz they already showed with the move. Did they go, the Trev? Let me line. ask if if you know off the top of your head. Yeah. Did they already play them three times this year? I believe so. I think three I Lakers three got times. one. I want to say 2-1 Portland. Remember they won that first game earlier in the season, so they technically have the tiebreaker on the Lakers as well. I think so. There may be another one in there. They may, they may, they should play them four times. So they, there may be another one in there that I'm forgetting. But uh, but in any event, that's you know obviously not great because they did lose to them early on in the season as well. So the Lakers really need to get that win. I, I do think, though, it's the Blazers that are going to be the team that's really pushing to win games. The Jazz, I don't, you know, they've they've showed their cards. They right, they're gonna, they're not worried too much about whether or not they win games this season. Players are still going to play hard, but same thing with the Thunder. They're a young team. They're not again. They're not too focused on whether they make the play in or not. They play great. They're very well coached, and, and they can still make some noise. But I, I don't think that just organizationally they're going to be pushing to try to win games as much as possible. Whereas the Blazers. They're all in, try to get Dame a shot, kind of similar to the Lakers. Just get Dame to the playoffs and see what happens. Lakers looking at things saying, just get LeBron and AD to the playoffs, see what happens. So I think the Blazers, from an organizational perspective, are going to be the, the side that's doing the most to try to push their way through and get into that play-in mix. Uh, you're right, by the way, uh, two and two. So two and two in the four games against the Blazers this year. So uh, they've, they're done with the Blazers. They will not play them again, both teams uh, two and two. Uh, Trev, um, always appreciate the insight, buddy. Thank you uh, for taking the time. If you want to follow Trevor Lane, follow him on Twitter, at Trevor underscore Lane. Fantastic job on YouTube as well. Uh, Trev, thank you for, uh, thanks for the time, brother. Hey, no problem, Alan. Anytime. Thank you for having me. All right, that is uh, Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation. Um, okay, a couple things we'll do when we come back. What to expect second half of the season. The Russ experiment is finally over. Is he going to get picked up by a new squad? And Patrick Beverly had some interesting comments on his podcast that he does um, and, and kind of describe the Lakers a little bit. We'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here. This is uh, Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, yes, indeed. Lakers got some work to do. They're sitting in 13th place right now in the Western Conference. One more game left for the Lakers before the All-Star break, and I think it will be a nice break for everybody here to uh, see if the Lakers can get healthy, can get right, and try to make some kind of push here 
Um, 26 and 32, obviously not going to cut it. Only 23 games left after tomorrow. And Trevor and I kind of were going through some of those games. A lot of tough ones there. So uh, thank you to Trevor Lane for taking the time and joining the show. And certainly um, uh, it's great to get some of his insight. So I want to play a little bit of sound here. Uh, Patrick Beverly does his own podcast. It's part of uh, Barstool Sports. And he was talking about just in general, obviously Pat Bev was a part of the um, uh, trade that brought Mo Bamba to the Lakers. He's going to get bought out, and he's going to end up on probably some contender. Take a listen to this. This is on his most recent episode of the Pat Bev podcast. Take a listen. Trading is always different, and uh, I caught a vibe with the team. It was cool. It was cool. It was cool. I wish he would have won a lot more games, obviously. He uh, Why do you think he didn't? I don't know. It wasn't basketball. Hmm. Man, one basketball, one basketball. It was other shit, but other shit you really can't like pin and point out. You know, it comes and goes. You know, hmm. a little bit here, a little bit there. So everything maybe just didn't click in the right way? Yeah, just the vibes are sometimes on, sometimes off. And inconsistent vibes. Interesting. Leads to inconsistent play. By the way, I actually really like that. Inconsistent vibe leads to inconsistent play. I don't know the specifics. Obviously, he didn't elaborate. He just kind of kept it at that, um, which is, I think, common, right? Nobody's going to give too much detail on that stuff. These are uh, friends of theirs. These are guys that you know uh, are probably friends off the court, whatever the case. He didn't give too much details. I think it's interesting, right? I, I don't think there's too much to hide from that perspective. It was other you-know-what on why the Lakers weren't able to win more games. Um I was going to do some stuff a little bit earlier, and it just we, we kind of got caught with other topics. Um, the Russ experiment, how with Russ being gone, how did the Russ experiment go? Could have worked different with um, if the big three played together more. I mean, I, to me, to be honest with you, by the time that trade deadline was over, I had no problem seeing Russ leave, even Patrick Beverly. And I had said this in, in the past. I've said that I'm not going to lose sleeve if Pat Bev is not there. I don't think that worked out maybe the way we had envisioned. And maybe that's just because Pat Bev's 34 years old and it just wasn't going to – what he brings to the table was just not going to be as advantageous than what he could potentially bring on another table, at least with this roster. Um, the rest thing just never worked. It didn't. And there was no point, there was no time where it felt like, hey, things are really turning course. He accepted roles. He came off the bench. I thought his relationship with Darvin Ham seemed like it was strong. But ultimately, at the end of the day, those three just didn't work. And you can't, you know, you can only force something for so long. We saw plenty of games. I remember before the season started, um, I had actually asked Braun this question in the exit interviews last year about the three of them working together. And Bron had asked, well, how many games did we play together? I think the game, the number was 21 before this season. He's like, well, I've played more games with high school teammates of mine than I played with Anthony Davis and with Russ. And I respect that. I know what he's doing. He's not going to say, yeah, it doesn't work. I, I get that. I, I, I That part is clear. However, I don't care if they played 200 games together. I don't think it was ever going to work. I really didn't. I, I just never thought anything was going to change. And now the question mark of where Russ is going to end up. That part's kind of fascinating, right? Could end up, Clippers are playing the Warriors right now, and you've heard some rumors that it could potentially be with the Clippers. You've heard Chicago with his former coach, Billy Donovan, who was obviously a big part of his success in Oklahoma City. Um, yeah, I, 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 that part can be interesting, right? I, I've, 
I'm curious to see how that kind of plays out and everything else. There's a lot of players, Pat Bev included, where you're curious where they end up and uh, what kind of landing spot they, they, they end up in. Are they going to be on a team in the Western Conference and the Lakers are going to have to face them later this year? Will they? Will it be with a team that the Lakers are trying to fight with to get in the playing tournament? So there's still some storylines of some of the guys that have left, but certainly for the Lakers, time to turn the page and, and hopefully have some success with some of these new players. Um, one game left before the All-Star break. That's coming up tomorrow. Uh, so the Lakers will have a chance to try to end on a good note. They got the Pelicans. Pelicans beat the Lakers after they had lost 10 games in a row, so the Lakers certainly got some work to do. Uh, thank you to uh, Michael Funches. Thank you to Laura Romo, and thank you to uh, Mario Ruiz. I'm back on tomorrow morning with Travis Rogers. Uh, thank you f- so much for being a part of the show, L.A. Hope you have a great rest of your night.